Gentry Dwayne Richardson. Our mission is to create learning opportunities for people to become powerful allies, as well as to amplify the lived experiences of marginalized communities. This podcast is for people who have embarked on a courageous journey to change the world. Yes, you are on a mission to become a powerful ally in all of the faces and spaces you occupy. This podcast will feature marginalized perspectives to provide an opportunity for you to learn what's needed. We will also invite you to be a part of our DEI book club and participate in this podcast as we break down characters and amplify fictional stories to real life events. If you like learning, listening, and leading, you're in the right place. Our book for March will be Your Blues Ain't Like Mine by B.B. Moore Campbell. Get your copy today and let's participate. So let's begin and welcome my husband, Gentry D. Richardson. Hello, good evening. How are, how are you and how's everybody? Hope everything's well. So, um, I just want to start off with a question about this book you're reading. I love the book um, that I'm reading by B.B. Moore Campbell. Um, it, it is set back in the 50s, right after Brown versus Board of Education. And um, it has an Emmett Till type event happening. And you kind of watch how the community deals with that from both sides. Well, you've got a lot of different characters in there, and I know we're going to talk about allies. Is there a character in the book that you feel would qualify as your favorite ally? So I'm, we're not done with the book, and so I don't know if he'll end up being my favorite ally, but there is a character, uh, Clayton Pinochet, who um, is the son of one of the major planters um, down south, and he doesn't want to be like his dad. His dad clearly understands the relationship that they have with the Negras, um, as he calls them, and how important they are to his family's uh, riches. And so he just so he he understands the utility of black people. His father, um, but yet um, he doesn't want Clayton feeling too close to him. And Clayton sort of has a soft heart. And in many ways, he has helped. Um, he has been an ally to some of the most uh, tragic characters. So, for example, the woman um, or the grandmother of the person who um, gets killed, uh, you know, he sees her cry. And he even says at one point, he, of all the things he imagined, he didn't imagine her crying. And that really let me know that he doesn't understand fully the humanity of Black people. So, even though he's an ally, he still has been socialized in such a way that there is a distance between him, you know, and the black people, you know, that he loves. He talks about his nanny, who was a black woman and how much and how important she was, how he felt when she died. Um, he also has a sort of side woman. Um, he's not married or anything, but um, this woman is in the um, you know, in the dark, no one know. well, everybody does know actually that he's with her, um, but it's not official, you know, his, his father, you know, thinks it's just sexual and not 
someplace that you know he could really land. Um, so he has a lot of conflicts in his allyship, trying to please his dad. His lifestyle is bankrolled by his family and his family's money. So he's trying to uh, figure out who he is as a man and how he could be true to himself. Okay, so there's two things there. One is, it's interesting, uh, he's still part of that not knowing that Black people can feel pain. And then the other part is this woman that's in the dark, is she a Black woman? She is. Okay. So he's not breaking ranks. So you might have to look for somebody else when you start talking about an ally because he's hot. He's, 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 uh, he's that typical will um, have lunch with you and talk to you, but still they're not going to break, break rank and do what it really takes to be an ally. They're just, they're just going through the motions on the surface and being cordial. So that's interesting. Okay. Well, we'll see how it turns out, but as far as, as far as where we are today and what we're talking about, I know we talked we talked about Lyndon B. Johnson as being an ally uh, from my perspective. Who's your ally that you're presenting today? And we and we I know we're going to talk about a lot of them, and and it's your turn. So I'm real I'm looking forward to who you're going to present as your ally. So today I am presenting uh, Norman Lear, the creator of Good Times, All in the Family, Sanford and Son, uh, and others. He is an icon when it comes to television and production, particularly back in those days. I was a fan of those shows, um, but I recently learned that he broke rank uh, and took action after meeting with the Black Panther Party, who told him that the Jeffrey, I'm sorry, that the Good Times and Sanford and Son were not helpful to the Black experience and narrative. And that, you know, they're both poor and basically never going anywhere. And so he took action and created the Jeffersons. Um, as a spinoff from the neighbor who was, you know, living next to Archie Bunker, who was already a dry cleaner. And, you know, now he was successful, had four franchises and, you know, is basically moving on up. Janae Dubois, the neighbor that we all know and love, beautiful Janae. Um, she wrote the song, Moving On Up, um, and it has become, you know, somewhat of an anthem. And so uh, Norman Lear is, and I wanna, I wanna make sure that you understand the context and time that we're working in. There were no black people on TV before Norman Lear. Um, and while the stories you know, were impoverished when brought to his attention, he made a change. Well, okay. You don't consider that somewhat of a stretch. I think there was, uh, well, actually Julia was out before them, right? With That's Diane Carroll. I'm not talking about movies. I'm talking about no, 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 no. Julia was a series. Oh, okay. Well, I wasn't back. With Diane Carroll. Okay. I, didn't, I wasn't living back then, but yeah, you were. But anyway. <laughs> I wasn't. I always try to use that. I wasn't I'm pretty sure. Wasn't that, hey, you you go back. You go back. <laughs> I'm okay, pretty so, sure. But but I, I tell you, it's just that Norman Lear. Was he really been an ally? Or was that financial? Because I, I just, my, I, I couldn't, I, 
I'm one of the folks that didn't like, I'm with the Panthers on not liking good times. I couldn't stand that series. I just thought we, we settled for it to be something like, hey, it's black, but it was still, it was still continuing to me the brainwashing that we were going through just like when you know just just like some of the other things that were on on tv that was continuing to brainwash us so do you really so how he you're saying he broke rank by doing the jeffersons um but how did he so how did he so so you're saying he so how did he advocate within that so we talk about uh, uh being willing to break rank and then advocate within your which which and bring people along with you and then implement how did he how did he advocate for black people where he was an ally so that's a really great question and but again you have to remember the context he is a writer and producer in the 50s so this even predates you um so he was doing some things when and and television hadn't even been in, in our culture that long. And so we already know this is before the Civil Rights Act. This is before all of those things. And um, basically he was employing black actors, but just like I was talking about Clayton, he's still limited in his own understanding about maybe the lived experiences of black people and how uh, particularly at that time, we were trying to write a different narrative. We didn't wanna be poor and impoverished. Um, and he heard that. And this is another thing. He, because he had already so many hit shows, this was truly speaking truth to power. They didn't go to you know some underling to talk about it, but they went to the top guy who had the power to say, great, I'll do another show. What about George Jefferson? You know, we don't have to create something new. We can go right here with a character that's all that I've already cast, already a black, because it could have been all white cast, but he really also he always had. Um, very diverse cast. Secondly, um, in his personal life, he started more than three nonprofit organizations, mostly around democracy, diversity, equity, um, and, um, and, and about around the uh, entertainment industry. But and that's very important to really bring black stories to the forefront in per, you know um, in, in, in their own humanity. Um, and so. He also is just about family. So all of his shows that he's done really center on family. And he started to really uplift and amplify the black family as it related to George Jefferson while still being a situation comedy. Um, I, I think that uh, he used his power as a powerhouse producer to put um, a, a, a different black story on television. Okay, well. He did do a lot of shows, um, Maude and Mary Hartman and Archie Bunker. I just, I just. Carol did, did, did he do anything politically? One day at a time. That's I, what he did. I'm saying he started three nonprofits that were very politically minded and he was behind the civil rights movement. In fact, recently he's 99 years old today. I'm not today, but he's 99 years old. Um, and he recently said, I don't know why I've never been put in jail. I mean, he's marched, he's stood behind know. people. 
Well, we do know why, because he's Norman Lear. Um, but I am saying though, that he has, he has put himself on the line for the cause. Okay, well, all right. I mean, if, 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 that's, if we're going with Norman Lear, we'll go with Norman Lear. Because what is, because we said last time, what are the three things that we said it takes to be an ally? Uh, be willing to break rank, to be able to and, uh, advocate and implement. Right. So he's an advocate. Um, there weren't any successful Black family shows at that time. And he put George Jefferson, Sherman Hemsley, um, Janae Dubois, um, Marla Gibbs all on the map. Okay. Well, it's a little stretchy to me, but I can hear. I why is it stretchy? I don't understand why it's stretchy. I really don't. Uh, I, I, I just, even when he, even with good times, it was a little bit of a, a, a you know, he had Sherman Hensley a little, him a little buffoonish sometimes on that. Um, but it, I mean, it was, it's, it's that interpretation and what happens, even though you put a show on, it's like the Jeffersons when, when uh, John Amos was speaking up against the writing, they just they made him disappear in Alaska and stuff like that. So, so um, you're bringing too much to this conversation. So you didn't like maybe. good times. Well, you well, he, are. Well, he did it. I know, but that, but but just like Clayton Pinochet, and I'm glad we talked about that first. You can't hold him responsible for completely understanding the black experience when he would have no reason why he would. How about bringing in right black writers? Well, well, he could, but I'm saying, but what he was approached with, he did. He didn't shy away. It's, it's and, that, and that's the thing. That's the thing. I think we cannot, you know, um, we are prisoners of our own perspective. As he doesn't understand the black experience completely, I don't understand the Asian experience or the Latino experience or the white experience. I need someone to tell me. And I'm saying when someone tells you something and you do something about it, he was already a millionaire. When you do something, he didn't have to do anything. Um, and you do something about it, that has to mean something. But then it's just like, okay, well, that's not good enough. Well, there are some people who did nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, I will, I, you know what, here's, here's something that helps with what you're saying. And it is that Lear was very vocal uh, speaking against Trump and his policies. So that right there, I would say, doesn't make it as stretchy when he definitely, even, even then later on, uh, he was very outspoken against what they were doing. And that's worth, that's worth a lot to me right there. So, um, and they were supposed to be doing some event at the Kennedy Center, and he was outspoken to the point where the president didn't even show up for a, an award ceremony that they were having the Kennedy Kennedy Center honors. So well, he, he actually it, got that canceled, but he was the first one. They were giving him an award. Mm -hmm. He said, "I'm not coming," and then someone yeah, else yeah. decided that's, that they that's were big. coming, that's, and that's they canceled big. it. 
Yeah, that's showing his commitment over time. And that's showing him stepping up because God knows a lot of folks, a, a lot of those folks have not been, have not and are not stepping up. So for him to do that, and that, that makes him, that means he broke rank even again. So I, I'm going to roll with it. Let's put him down as number two as far as an ally. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it because okay. he is Norman Lear and and God has blessed him with 99 years of life. He's doing something right. He's doing something right. Anybody that stands up to Trump's doing something right as far as I'm concerned. Yep, same. All right. Same as the children would say. Facts, facts. as they would say. <laughs> Which, okay, I hate that saying, but yes. <laughs> yes, facts. So. Facts. Um, so speaking of, uh, social, uh, and community advocacy, what's going on with the 100? Well, we're excited because we're having our leadership, the 100 way event this Saturday, uh, on UNLV's campus. And we are going to take some juniors and seniors in high school and those in college through the principles of leadership. It's our first kickoff to, um, uh, leadership workshops and development that we're doing. Uh, we've got General Andre Berry, who's a dynamic, incredible man uh, doing the moderating. So we're really looking forward to uh, bring them in. And, and we're also going to base some of our curriculum on some of the principles within 1619. So uh, we're looking forward to having that event on, on Saturday and really starting the date to there? develop our youth. What's the date? Saturday? February 25th. Okay. Starting at nine o'clock on UNLV campus. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I know that's going to be an exciting event. Um, you guys really work hard trying to impact the youth of our city. And so I really appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, what's really interesting is how much work there is still to be done. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I think we got another one in the can. Thank you so much for your participation. Um, and I look forward to um, the next one when you can present your ally and, and then I can judge whether or not he actually, okay. he or That's she goes. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Well, let me get started on that now. Okay. Awesome. Have a great night. All right. Good night. Bye.